Hey, everybody, welcome in. It's just a wrap on NRM Streamcast. Tom Mazoy and Clarence Black back on the on the deal here with you. Welcome in to the Warren RV Storage Studios. And, of course, you can get uh, get with those good folks. 586-977-2770 is their phone number. Tell Roger and the gang that Maz and Clarence sent you. They're at 6900 East 14 Mile Road in Warren, Michigan, one of the biggest RV joints in the area, approximately 1,000 storage sites, 30-foot-wide aisles, 12-foot-wide parking spaces, fresh water rinse-out, compressed air for tire inflation. Not only that, 24-hour security camera surveillance, and, of course, LED parking lot and in-and-out 24-7, uh, and it's, of course, very well protected. It's better than just leaving it in your driveway, and your neighbors start complaining, hey, man, get that thing out of your driveway, will you? <laughs> and make sure you tell them that we sent you, and if you do send anybody there, you're going to get yourself a referral fee. So you make some cabbage, make some money. Don't forget, tell Roger at Warren RV Storage that Maz and Clarence sent you. Welcome in. Uh, jam-packed show today. We're going to have Matt Charbonneau on here from uh, the Detroit News. We'll get him on. The guys just got off the phone with uh, Tom Izzo, but we're going to talk Michigan, Michigan State football this weekend. Uh, I got a chance to talk to Lynn Henning the other day a little bit about it. Lynn, of course, he told us months and months ago when, when the head coach, Mark D'Antonio, was still there and obviously wasn't going anywhere until the very last day that he could, and he leaves – Mel Tucker comes in from Colorado. You ever see moving? And what a mess. You ever see moving Richard Pryor? It's a I Richard did. Pryor movie. I did. I so you love know where I'm going movie. with this, don't you? I do. <laughs> I mean, wow. We're taking it with us. <laughs> he, yeah, he, I feel like Mel Tucker. Yeah. Mel Tucker got Richard Pryor, man. Was his name Arlo? Arlo yeah. Pear? No, no, no. I think that was in uh that was in the uh, Chicago uh, that was wasn't the he, name Arlo Pear was no, the name was it? Yeah, the, the architect. I, I thought he was the millionaire Brewster. No Williams. man, that's oh, Brewster. That was Brewster. That's, yeah, yeah, Brewster. Okay. Yeah, uh, right. Montgomery Brewster. That's no, funny, Arlo Pear, man. Pear, man. Oh. The dude kept going through the house like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah, we're taking it with us. And he oh, tells him like, god. I told you, Pear, we're taking it with us. Mark Antonio, that's the the old uh, the old special Bro, there. Empty. It's like walking in the house. You like, wait a minute. You did. The steps are gone. <laughs> the pool is gone. No, no sink. Nope. Took out the countertops. No pipes. <laughs> Matt Charbonneau joins us uh, live right now of the Detroit News covering the MSU beat like always. What's up, Matt? You're on with Maz and Clarence. Listen out on some fun there, I guess. <laughs> hey, man, we're just, we're just talking about how bare is that cupboard out there in East Lansing for the football team? Well, uh, it's bare. Uh, <laughs> I, I would say if you looked at the last D'Antonio recruiting classes that could probably give you an indication of what uh, Mel Tucker was left with. Um, and he it, still came. Not, I know. Well, yeah. I mean, did you, did you see his salary? I mean, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, take all that out, obviously. If the timing was bad. The coming in February, you couldn't even, you know, you know, we look at Greg Ciano on the other side last week. Yep. He was hired in, in early December at Rutgers. That gives you time. I mean, how many transfers did they bring in? I mean, their whole defensive line was a new set of guys that transferred in. I mean, of all people, Mel Tucker was stuck with what he got. There was no change in that. So, you know, I mean, he's a little little shorthanded, but that's kind of like the way it is for a first-year coach, you know. And that, that they do not have the talent they used to. There's no doubt about that. I mean, I think of Mark D'Antonio's first year, the, the roster he inherited had like nine, ten NFL guys on it. I'm not sure you find – <laughs> or a couple in this roster. No so, doubt. Yeah, the cupboard's bare, to say the least. That said, 
uh, that doesn't excuse seven turnovers. So, no. you know, you eliminate those, you probably still beat a team like Rutgers. But here we are, you know, a few days later, and the sky's falling, and everyone's certain that Michigan's going to cover. They'd cover if the line was 35, although 25. So, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of, uh, I wouldn't say panic, but some concern in East Lansing right now. Matt, the obvious elephant in the room was the fact that, you know, D'Antonio was there. Was Mel Tucker aware of that? Was that planned? And then what, what's your take on whether or not D'Antonio's presence was was in poor taste? I've heard somebody describe it as as having your, your ex-girlfriend at front row at your at your wedding. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if Mel knew about it. Um, to be honest with you, it was, it was a little odd. I didn't, I, don't, I didn't expect to see him there. Maybe, you know, maybe wait. <laughs> Come later in the year or... <laughs> Or maybe next year. I mean, I don't think, like, Mark D'Antonio's not trying to, you know, cause any issues. But, you know, maybe just someone tell him. How about how about not the first game? Especially when there's no fans, so everyone's going to be able to pick you out, like, Pretty easy. Well, yeah, you know? it was just, it was, it just, it, it was like it, fine wall, though. It looked weird. Like, I was uncomfortable <laughs> as a fan sitting in, I was sitting in my living room feeling like some kind of way about it. Yeah, it was odd. I, 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 I wish someone could have told them maybe, maybe hold off. You know, not that he certainly can't come around there. I mean, it's just it, it did feel weird. I don't know. I don't know how much of an effect it really has on anybody. Um, you know, I think Mel Tucker respects Mark a lot. I mean, he's got three guys from his former staff there. I mean, he worked with him. He was his defensive back coach at Ohio State when Mark was the coordinator. So, you know, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's any animosity there. But it did feel weird. I, there's no doubt about that. When I first saw the first picture, I'm like, wait a minute, what is, <laughs> what is he doing here? It just I don't know. It, it felt weird, but I don't know. Who knows how big of a deal it is, either. Matt Charbonneau joins us. Detroit News, MSU beat, and lots more. But Michigan State and Michigan this weekend, uh, you know, they've been going since uh, 1898. And it's been Michigan 75% of the time. But in the last 10, 12 years, Michigan State has kind of taken more of a stranglehold on it till last year's game when Michigan whooped them 44-10. to Now, they're 24-point favorites this week, Michigan looked pretty good on the road against Minnesota. More than pretty good. Joe Milton looked like finally that Jim Harbaugh has a quarterback. I mean, have you have you looked at the Michigan side yet, Matt? Oh yeah, I mean, I, I watched that game Friday or Saturday night. Obviously, I was I thought Milton played well, but I was really impressed by that offensive line too. I mean, you lose that many guys up front, and they played really well. I, I, there's a lot of speed on the edge for these guys now. There's a lot of playmakers on that offense. So, um, and, and let's be honest, I mean, Minnesota—they're not. I mean, they won 11 games last year. I know they were missing, like, you know, the eighth-string kicker and, and the tenth-string punter, and they didn't have any special teams. But I'll tell you what, that, that was an impressive performance for me uh, from Michigan because they, they looked like the team that didn't, didn't skip a beat had been practicing and working this whole time. They, 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 didn't, they didn't have all the mistakes and issues that, you know, a lot of the other teams have been dealing with. And now who knows? Maybe some of that comes over the next few weeks. You never know, but – as far as openers, I don't think they could have done much better. So I think that's why we're in this spot now. Sure. They look so good. Michigan State looks so bad. And so now everyone's expecting another 44 to 10 or right. whatever this weekend. The thing is, this year is so stinking goofy. Who knows what the heck's going to happen. But it, it, it couldn't, I don't think it could have gone much better to start with Michigan. No. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy as it sounds to your point, Matt. Like, I'm. You know, a friend of mine was like, "Well, what do you think about Michigan, Michigan State this weekend?" And I'm like, "Dude, I, I'm I'm waiting for the Big C 
to have his say because COVID, I mean, you, yeah. the way COVID works, I mean, it might be 11 o'clock on a Saturday. We'll get some test result. I mean, what I saw in the World Series kind of basically told me, like, you know, these res- these results just come when they come. But, I mean, I mean, how much of that do we have to just consider also that, you know, all of a sudden Michigan loses seven people. We're talking about a whole different game. We are. And, and the other thing, and I think you saw it a little bit with Michigan State against Rutgers, and the problem is you don't get a real clear answer, especially when you, know, you never have with injuries, certainly not with specific guys and COVID right now. But that offensive line, Michigan State trotted out there on Saturday. I, I can't imagine that's their five best offensive linemen. I just can't. And then you look at the guys that weren't dressed, and there were guys like Devontae Dobbs and Luke Campbell and a couple other offensive line, line where you got to wonder how much did that play a role in, in just what we saw in, in that game. And, and the offensive line played terrible. I mean, they – you know, ran 39 times for 50 yards. It was, it was awful. So, so that that could be an effect there. You're right. You lose, you lose two starters anywhere right now. That completely changes games. I, you're right. And it could happen. We it could be, you know, mid Saturday morning. We're all getting ready for the game, and then you find out five guys are out. It's, it is a bizarre weird year. You got to kind of embrace that it. it's going to be bizarre, and just hope as many guys as you can can make it through. I, I just hope all these teams are able to play because obviously. That's not the case already. So, I don't know. You cross your fingers and, and hope what you're seeing is, is legit. But each week you're a little unsure who's in and who's out and, and, and how it's going to affect the team. Might be a good idea for uh, MSU to maybe uh, cough up a couple here and maybe <laughs> maybe postpone this game or, or do Wisconsin-Nebraska and just cancel the damn thing this year. Well, isn't it like a three-week – like if you get if you test positive, now the Big Ten has a three-week you – you can't play for three weeks or something crazy? I don't think that's it. It is, 21 days. Yeah, 21 yeah. days. Whoa. Yeah. I, I suspect we might see a little shift in that. Cause those, yeah. The idea was that, that last seven days was, was with the heart issue, but now there's somebody coming out saying the heart issues aren't a result of COVID. So yeah, I saw that. You too. might see that cut back to 14 days like everybody else. I don't know. I just think getting this thing so fluid, it could change as we go. Wisconsin's next game, uh, if they don't have any more positive tests, will be November 11th. They'll play Purdue, so... I guess, you know, they're going to be waiting it out there. Head coach, for crying out loud, got it. All their quarterbacks. I mean, what a disaster in Wisconsin. That was one of the states that they just said, go ahead, do what the hell you want, and, and it's caught up with them. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's usually going to be position groups because, you know, we know this. Guys, you're in the media yeah. rooms. You're with those guys all the time. So maybe it's not quarterback somewhere else. Maybe Iowa deals with all their defensive linemen around. Correct. It's bizarre. You lose one position group like that. You can't just tell the you know the starting safety to come up and play nose guard. Uh, it's yeah. It's, I fear. I fear we're going to be dealing with this the whole time. I, I, this isn't the this isn't the end of it. I think we're going to see more. You know, Vegas has got a guy specifically looking at all oh, these yeah, games yeah. just to see who the hell oh, is yeah. out last minute. Yeah. You know, take games off the board. I mean, they're not going to wind up losing money. I can guarantee you that. And like I said, the spread was started at 23. It went up to 25. Now it's right in the middle at 24. So we'll see what happens. What do you think if they're playing as is right now, Matt? Uh, what kind of game are we expecting? I mean, it, it, nothing adds up right. well for me to say to this. That's all there is to it. I mean, you take the turnovers out. I, I think they moved the ball okay. Rocky Lavardi played okay. You saw some playmakers, Jaden Reed, Jalen Naylor. They've got guys that can make things happen. But if you can't run the ball, I, I mean, we we know that in football you have to be able to run, especially in this series. I mean, it's like eight of the last ten winners have, have run the ball better. And 
you know, the, the turnovers weren't the issue in averaging 1.3 yards a carry. I just, unless that magically changes, and I don't see how it's going to, how's Michigan State going to consistently move the ball? I don't see it happening. And, you know, defensively, Michigan State was okay. They gave up a couple significant drives. But other than that, they played all right. They did they did decent in some sudden change situations there. Um but I just, man, I just don't see, I don't see it happening with Michigan State not being able to run the ball, and you know, maybe it, you know, maybe they're not losing by 34 like last year. But yeah. I just, I don't see it. I don't, I don't think this is the fourth quarter, and we're wondering what which way it's going to go. I think Michigan just matches up better in this one. They just got better pleasures. Um Unless Michigan goes and turns it over seven times this week, I, I don't think it adds up very well for Michigan State. Matt, what have you been able to see from? Because, look, the reality is we're not going to see a lot in terms of wins and losses just given what was in the cupboard. We've already covered that. But in terms of when recruits come around, in terms of, you know, when people are – when transfers are looking at at Michigan State, what what are you hearing or what have you seen has been the culture impact or the culture change that Mel Tucker has been able to implement that – may not show up on the scoreboard this year, but is setting the foundation for what's to come. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's he's done pretty well with that so far. Obviously, it's just a it's a different field than Mark Antonio, right? I mean, you know, Mark had kind of been there and been there a while, was a little more stoic, and, and Mel's got a little more fire. To a him. little more. Yeah, I think the players <laughs> kind of appreciate that. Um, and the other thing too is when you're looking at this, you're looking at opportunities. If guys are looking to transfer, guys are looking to commit here. Excuse me. You're looking at opportunity, and there's opportunity all over the place on this roster. It, it, I mean, he hasn't recruited a single guy here yet. I mean, obviously, he has commit for next year, but there's opportunity for a lot of guys here, and I think people are going to kind of, you know, notice that and say that's something they're looking for. So, you know, and the other thing too is, like, you get a new coach, there's always going to be a certain percentage of the roster that doesn't really buy in. You know how it goes. Some guys just don't click with the new coaches and. So who knows what sort of attrition we have in the next year with guys that maybe decide they want to go somewhere else. So there's there's going to be openings. There's going to be opportunity for guys to play early and make an impact early. So I think I think that bodes well for Michigan State. He's got what he's got to do. I think through this year is make sure you're seeing progress from young guys and you're not seeing anybody quit. You know, if you start seeing guys late in the year kind of going through the motions, that concerns you a little bit. But if that team keeps playing hard, you see some progress from young guys. Whether it's a Jaden Reed, whether it's a Jordan Simmons in the backfield, some of the young defensive backs, if you see them keep getting better, I think that all is, 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 is something to look for more if you're an MSU fan than so much what that win-loss record is. Because I, I, I don't think that's going to look very consistent this year. If you want to see those other things, the signs that this is heading in the right direction. Matt Charbonneau, Detroit News, MSU Beat, joins us. I wanted to talk to you about uh, – you know, there are schools that are canceling sports, and I never thought I'd see Michigan State on there. And they cut swimming and diving to save two million bucks. I mean, that—that's—I don't know. I—I I just didn't like the, the the sound of that thing at all. Yeah, the, to me, it's more of a long decision on this, and you can agree with it or not agree with it, whatever. Um, and one of the big things there, Michigan State, is the facilities are so poor. Okay. They really need a lot of money to be dumped into that. I mean, we're talking probably fifteen million plus. Got it. To really make that a legit facility, and I, I know there's I know there's donors to swimming. There are some, but that's a pretty hefty price tag. And okay. as you guys know, a lot of these upgrades at the football stadium and Mon Ice Arena, Breslin, all these things are coming from donors that are donating specific programs, and right. specific projects. 
it's a tough sell to try and raise fifteen plus million dollars for swimming. Yeah, um, it's 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 not it's not a perfect thing, and it sucks for everybody involved because they're not really saving a lot right now. It's more of a long term savings. I I understand the frustration of people involved with it, but you if you step back, you can kind of look at some of the practical things of it too. It's it's not perfect. I, I wish they could have every sport, um, but. I don't know. I feel like this maybe was one that's been coming for a little for a little while, um, and this time just kind of now is now is the time to pull the trigger on it. It's just it, it's a tough spot that they need a lot of money in that program, and it's it's hard to hard to know where you're going to come up with that. I know it's not a big three, big four sport like uh, baseball. Yeah. Like baseball gets cut, softball's been getting cut around the country. Bowling Green cut their baseball team, but they only to bring it back after guys like Oral Hershiser speak yeah. up and donors finally put the money up. And I know swimming and diving is taking a backseat to that. It's a more of an Olympic type sport, but you know, it's yeah. you know, Mark Phelps has got that Michigan tag on him. You know, I don't know. It just uh, didn't seem right for me for a school like that to do what they did but i, I get it and, and what you're saying if they don't have a place to to swim and dive that that's state of the art then it's not going to be worth it so yeah. i get and, it and the other thing too is in the big 10 you're you're you know they're committed to broad-based stuff you have 24 25 programs everywhere yeah you, know, you look in the sec other conference it's got like 12 13 yeah programs so it's uh, they don't concentrate on the olympic sports yeah so it i know it's a tough spot it's not a great answer and you feel bad for people fall, but it, 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 it is a tough financial position everyone's in right now. I mean, got- I mean, think about the cuts they've done to salary. They've got multiple, I mean, about 50 people furloughed in that department right now. There's multiple open spots they haven't filled, and they're still at a shortfall. So, it's, I mean, it's a, and they're not alone. It's like that everywhere. So, it's, you know, there's tough calls being made in a lot of places. They better still be paying uh, John Lewandowski. Is he still uh, <laughs> hovering? No, he hasn't been there in like three, four years. Lou's <laughs> <laughs> gone. <laughs> yeah. Shows you what I know, man. Where did he go? Yeah, at? Did he go with Hollis? No, he was gone before that. No. I'll be damned. He always had. Uh, a... No, he was. Yeah, there was nothing to do with all that. Gotcha, man. Matt, we're it's weird. I haven't uh, been know, there in a while, man. I'm just realizing, you know, because football started so late. But I mean, we're like we're we're at. We're at March Madness. I'm assuming there's going to be no March Madness, in the, or not March Madness, Midnight Madness at the Breslin, and we're going to see an empty Breslin for games. What is the? What have you heard so far they spoke to with regard to, uh, yeah. to basketball? Yeah, we talked to Tom today. They're about two weeks into official practice now. That's the weird thing. They're practicing officially for a season. They don't know when the hell it's going to start, who it's going to be again. <laughs> I mean – the NCAA has given them a date of when the season can start, but none of these schedules are done because no one can figure this right. out. Every conference has different testing protocols. It's it's a bit of a mess right now. I feel like Michigan State knows they're going to play Duke in the Champions Classic at some point. They don't know where it's going to be yet. <laughs> it was going to be in Orlando, but that's all That's gone. canceled. Yeah, and it's, it, it is, to say, it's, it's a bit of a mess right now. There's no doubt about that when you're trying to get all these different conferences together and various things. Um so I would suspect they're going to start roughly around Thanksgiving with something, but there are a lot of a lot of balls in the air on the scheduling right now. And as Tom said he's hoping by next week they have some idea, but at the same time he said I feel like I've been saying that for three weeks. So um, it, it's it's up in the air. But Michigan State, yeah, they're all practicing. Everyone's been practicing for a couple of weeks. Um, you're right. It is kind of weird. I feel like we'd be like four, five, six games into football before we even started talking about basketball starting and. 
But you know, whatever. We're gonna be playing football in December, apparently. So, well, hey Matt, you, do you think? Uh, do you think if no one if no one says anything and he has a mask on, you think they'll let uh, they'll let Cassius get a get a fifth year? And <laughs> since he hasn't, he's not on the NBA roster yet, obviously. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, I, I, there are not too many people complain about that. Grab Xavier Tillman while you're at it. Uh, you'd have a pretty good roster there. But yeah, you're right. Point, try, try and replace Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman in the same year. Good luck. I mean. Michigan State's got a pretty talented roster, but you lose two guys like that, uh, that's a pretty significant hole. So that will, that'll be a work in progress all year, whatever this year looks like. Are we going to see a lot of home-and-homes with Oakland, U of D, uh, th- those kind of schools, keep it local? You could. In fact, Tom talked about that today, potentially doing more local with, you know, Central, Eastern, Western, Oakland, even Notre Dame, schools that are regionally close yeah. to where it's, you know, just a bus ride and you're not, it makes the travel a little bit easier and, keep people isolated so i think all that's in play right now it's just a matter of what it's going to look like and everyone's particulars in the states it's, there's a lot of different options out there but that's one he brought up today so we should see that that's good and uh, last thing we did get the ncaa regionals uh we're going to host the yeah. little caesars arena we got to wait till 2024 though but that's pretty fun news yeah i mean they've got a they got a first second round one i think it's this year or next year i can't even remember uh, but the regionals, yeah, hopefully that's just the next step of the Final Four coming back to Detroit. Heck, someday. yeah. So I know yeah. I know, we'd all like that, but, you know, a little teaser's a state-of-the-art. So, you know, any chance we get to get big events here, I'm all in for it. So that one should be fun. Hey, the last time we had the Final Four was the birth of uh, Steph Curry, right, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, yep, you are, man. Look at you. So that was No, that was the year before the regionals. Okay. Was it? Oh, 08, they had the regionals and Davidson was there. Okay. And the next year they were the Final Four. So MSU, MSU went did go to Ford Field. Am I correct? They lost to Duke, if I'm not mistaken, right? They lost to uh, North Carolina. North Carolina. Carolina killed them. Yeah. That was the Tyler Hansborough. Yeah, was a hell. And... I knew it was a hell game, one or yeah. the other. Well, I still no, think I, I still thought John Lewandowski no, was the AD, God, no. so it shows you what I know. Not the AD, but the <laughs> yeah, PR guy. On, oh, Sorry, brother. Hey, Matt, thanks for everything, man. Uh, stay in touch, and uh, we'll keep reading you, man. All right, thanks, guys. Talk- Peace out. Matt Charbonneau, Detroit News, and uh, with the MSU beat, you can check him out on Twitter. Always a great read. He's always uh, up on things. And uh, here you go, brother. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. Looks like it's going to be another blowout. But I'm going to tell you this. I bet you Harbaugh does not run up the score on Mel Tucker because Mel Tucker is going to put a team together here eventually. I got. I have a lot of confidence in this guy. I don't know. I just look at him, and he, he, he oozes football to me. November 17th. 2007 is a very important day. November 17th, 2007. And I'm going to tell you why. Because as you as you think back to what this program is now, it's almost laughable that it happened. But when coaches come in, it's not uncommon to take a few a few losses, which is what, what makes what Urban Meyer did at Ohio State amazing, that he didn't take bad losses right away. He came in, but I think he came in as something that was firmly established. It wasn't a rebuild. Like, Saban had a rebuild at Alabama. People forget that. They go 7-6 and six his first year. They finish fourth in the, in the SEC West, right? I mean, they, so they finished basically a game damn near, like, I think out of last. They were okay. almost last place. But on November 17, 2007, brother, they lost to Louisiana Monroe. And? Now, that is rock bottom. Yeah. Could you imagine Alabama today no. losing a game at home? Yeah. That was a 14 to 21 home loss in Saban's first year. They were 7 and 6. 
Ask me what the record was the next year. One loss. Twelve and two. Twelve and two. Yeah. That that is. I mean, the, that's how it works. What if man. what if he stayed here? What if he stayed here? Can you imagine? No, I, I, I because you know why? It's for all that all that stuff that Sharp said, man. There's no competition. You don't have to compete with swimming and diving and just the the heat, just the the twenty four seven the culture. It's a whole. That's a whole different animal. And Michigan up in Ann Arbor. You know what he doesn't have to deal with. But you know what he doesn't have in Alabama. He's got no lions. He's got no Wolverines. No, he's the pro team. He's got no Red Wings, no Pistons, no Tiger. No people fixate on that damn team twenty four seven. I know he owns it. He owns it. Thanks to everyone that helps us put the show together. Thanks to Kelsey and Dave B behind the scenes and uh, Stevie Mac helping us write it all up. And thanks to Matt Charbonneau for uh, spending some time with us. We got more coming up with the wrap with Maz and Clarence Black right here from the Warren RV Storage Studios on NRM Streamcast. Come right back.